Welcome back to the Sip and Feast podcast. Today, we're going to talk about 30-minute meals that are realistic, ones that you can actually make in 30 minutes. This is a good topic. What do you think, Tara? I think it's good, and I think it's timely. We're approaching back-to-school season, so lots of folks are looking for easy ways to make some some nutritious meals for their family. So I really love this 30-minute idea, realistic 30-minute dishes. First, we're going to do a new segment, which is food news. Basically, what is the biggest stories that have happened in food this week? Tara, what do we have here? One thing that kind of jumped out at me because it relates to Sip and Feast is wine enthusiasts just named the Hugo Spritz the 2023 drink of summer. It's apparently trending on TikTok right now. For those of you not familiar with the Hugo Spritz, it's it's a recipe that Sip and Feast has had on our website for almost since the beginning. It's one of the earliest drink recipes that we had. And it consists of elderflower liqueur, Prosecco, and club soda. And we garnish it with slices of lime, and fresh mint. It was created up in Northern Italy by a bartender named Roland Gruber. He created it as a response to the Aperol Spritz. The Aperol Spritz is a little bit bitter. The Hugo Spritz, because of the elderflower, is a little bit sweeter. It's a little bit lighter. So I've found that for those of you who don't like alcoholic drinks, that there is something um, that you can have to kind of substitute in place of the Hugo Spritz. It's an elderflower lemonade by Belvoir Fruit Farms. Do you know the one I'm talking about, Jim? No, I don't. You just tried it the other day. Oh, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So did do you, you think that it tasted like the Hugo Spritz at all? Yeah, it, it's, it was delicious. Yeah. I I thought that was like one of those things you bought from like Marshalls. You know how they always like have food and drinks and stuff that fell off the back of the truck right before you check out yeah. at Marshall's. That's yeah. what I thought. I think sometimes you can find it there, okay. but I know Whole Foods has it. And now it's starting to be carried in, in more and more grocery stores. But that is a very good non-alcoholic option for those of you who want something even lighter. That sounds good. And again, yeah, that Yugo Spritz, we actually made a video for it and the limoncello spritz and the apple spritz probably two weeks ago. Video bombed. It was the worst <laughs> performing video that I've put up in two years on the channel. It, it made me question whether people ever wanted to see my face again. I get it. I, I mean, that was the first drink. Actually, we did do a drink prior uh, about, I don't know, not a year, not quite a year. It was right year. around Christmas. It was Christmas. It was, uh, we did tiramisu and we did uh, a drink too where we brought my brother on uh, for the video, and that one bombed as well. So, Greg, if you listen to this, it's not because of you. It's because it was another drink one, I believe, and a dessert, and a which dessert. was out of our wheelhouse. Yeah, You get boxed in. People only come to you. They go, oh, that's Sip and Feast. That's the pasta guy. So, anyway, let's move on. What's the next food news? The next food news, which I found a little outrageous, was uh, Subway. Change your name. So, Subway is looking for one true fan um, who will change, legally change, their first name to Subway. In return for that, they will receive a lifetime supply of Subway sandwiches. There's a little ca caveat here. If you look at the fine print um, in the contest rules, 
you'll see that it's not actually a lifetime. Like you can't go to Subway for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day for the rest of your life. It's capped at $50,000. I can't think of a better thing to do. Yeah. So you're getting, it's basically $50,000 worth of Subway gift cards that are supposed to carry you through to the end of your life. First of all, Subway, 50000 that's all you're going to pay? <laughs> no, 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 that's not all. They give $750 to cover the cost of whatever cost you incur when you legally change your name. So it's 50000 Seven hundred fifty. Okay, that's a well. That makes all the difference in the world. No, <laughs> so two things. First of all, if your name's Jared, you're not allowed to apply. <laughs> Secondly, that guy named Jared, they paid him over fifty million dollars in the life of his subway tenure. Okay, now he wasn't like technically an employee; he was a contractor, I guess. But I mean, you're you, and I'm telling you, I, I couldn't believe this when I was reading the articles. This is a Netflix documentary out about it right now, or no, HBO Max. It's on HBO Max. It wasn't good. It was. I didn't watch it. Anyway, they paid him a ton of money, so you would think that they could pay more than fifty thousand dollars to someone who's actually going to change their name legally to Subway. There's nothing in the fine print that says you can't change your name back. Get the subway, get your fix <laughs> yeah. on, and then change and it back. the contest is now closed. I think it closed three days ago, August 4th. We're filming this August 7th. Um, but the winner is supposed to be announced soon. So this isn't just like any random person can go change their name. They give it. It's, it you had to enter this Watch contest. Watch, they only have one person who entered. I'm sure they had a lot of people who entered. So that actually begs the question, is there any fast food chain that you would... <laughs> Because I know it's not Subway for Chick-fil-A. You. <laughs> no, you don't like Chick-fil-A. Is there any fast food chain that you would be willing to change your name to? As Tara just said, I think Chick-fil-A is the most overrated fast food place on the planet. We just had Popeye's for the first time. I know you're probably like, Jim, you just had Popeye's for the first time. It To say it blew away Chick-fil-A would probably be the most understated statement ever. It destroyed Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so maybe you would change your name to Popeye. Popeyes. Maybe. I would change my name to Shake Shack. Would you change your name to a fast food place? Absolutely not. That's a good segue to Popeyes because Popeyes has been capitalizing on a recent trend, a TikTok trend known as girl dinner. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. Okay. So it's basically, it's somehow started as one person posted a little video on TikTok and they said they're having their girl dinner, which consisted of just like a bunch of random stuff, like a handful of popcorn, maybe a slice of cheese, maybe a little bit of fruit, like a bunch of random stuff. And it had this really annoying background sound saying girl dinner. Anyway. I tried watching a few of them just so I could talk about this in a somewhat intelligent way. And I think I lost a couple of brain cells watching it. But anyway, girl dinner is a thing that's trending. Popeye's offers it. It's basically an assortment of some of their best appetizers. To me, I mean, it's just kind of like it's similar to like tapas or, you know, small bites. Yeah. Okay. It's not really anything new, but, yeah, but I, they're calling it girl dinner and it's all over TikTok, apparently. So I remember in college, the girls that like our fraternity knew, 
they were eating girls girl dinners all the time, but they weren't calling them girl dinners. I knew this one person who just ate cheese sandwiches. That's all she ate. If you get home and you're tired and you don't want to cook and you like throw together a bunch of stuff from your pantry or from your your refrigerator, and it's I guess it's a little bit more of like a low end thing than a than a prepared charcuterie board or something like that. I don't think it has anything to do with income. No, it doesn't. But I mean, when I say low end, I mean like. A charcuterie board is planned out, right? Like you yeah. go to the store and you purposefully buy all of the things that you're going to put on here. Girl dinner seems more like you come home and you grab, like I said, like maybe a handful of popcorn, maybe a slice of cheese and a bunch of like random things, like maybe like five grapes or a rice cake and you just throw it all together on a little plate and then you make a little TikTok about it so you can show everybody and you do hashtag girl dinner. I'm definitely out of my element here. Uh, I feel like Sammy's been doing some girl dinners lately. She, I see her snacking often. Before we, we started recording this, I did ask her about girl dinner, and she was like, I don't understand Oh, she didn't it. know? No. Okay. I mean, she knows what it is, but oh, she's okay. like, I don't get it. Sammy, Sammy's got a healthy appetite. Yes. Girl dinner's not enough for her. The next thing I had here is how early is too early for fall food? I say that because Krispy Kreme just launched its pumpkin spice latte on August 1st, which I think is a little outrageous. And then today, August 7th, they're launching their new fall donuts, which sound incredible, like a pumpkin spice cheesecake swirl donut, a pumpkin spice maple pecan, uh, and a few others, which they all sound good, but I don't know. I'm in the middle of summer. I'm enjoying my summer. I'm enjoying having my kids home from school and just... You know, we're, we're, we're making summer food. So we're winding down on the website. We have about three weeks worth of things that we've already photoed that are summer recipes. I get how they're bringing that out sooner. A as far as Krispy Kreme goes, I didn't even know they made lattes. I didn't know that either. And, you know, but, you know, that's that's my question. Like, how early is too early? Like, what yeah. is it? Is next summer, are they going to start bringing out the pumpkin stuff on... July 15th. And don't get me wrong. I love pumpkin. I am very basic. <laughs> I know there's like a, a joke that, you know, if you like pumpkin spice lattes, you're like a basic. I think like beer drinkers, traditional beer drinkers, you know, people like my father would, you know, he gets furious when he sees 25 different pumpkin beers yeah. in, in the beer distributor. Yeah. But I, so I love pumpkin things. I love pumpkin everything, but I don't know. I don't really... My birthday's in a week. I have a summer birthday. I, I'm not ready for pumpkin. Yeah. I'm trying to enjoy summer. You know what? I, I hear what you're saying. I think the major reason this happens is because Christmas kind of pushes everything back further and further. I know around here, and I'm sure this is probably the case for you, you drive around, it's a Halloween or right after Halloween, and nobody has the Thanksgiving, the fall decorations up. It's already the Christmas. Everybody's yeah. got the Christmas lights up. Yeah, no, it's it's too early for me. So too save, early for me too. Yeah, like save save the pumpkin for like maybe September fifteenth, and then let's move on. I agree. The last one, not really food news, but it's news that involves food, is the Long Island serial killer. Oh, okay. okay. So for those of you who don't know, there was a person who was uh, arrested. Everybody knows about the Long Island City. Yeah. This is this was a national news story. Okay, for, for so weeks. I don't have to rehash yeah. it. But essentially, I mean, the, I think the murders took place in 
2007, 2008. The bodies were found in 2010 and 2011, which is terrible. But, you know, it happened here on Long Island. They were able to track down the killer or the alleged killer. Yeah, alleged. Based on DNA. Sorry, I'm, he's, I mean, this guy, like, this guy wanted to get caught. They were able to track the DNA based on um, pizza crust that he had left. So they had already identified him as a suspect. He worked in the city. They waited outside of his office. He came out. I guess he ate a few slices of pizza, left the crusts behind, tossed the crust and the box in the trash can. The investigators grabbed the <laughs> grabbed the crust out and got his DNA off the pizza crust. Yeah, I so, mean, dude, you should have just eaten the pizza crust. That, I guess that's the moral of the story. And this guy looks like he ate a lot of food, like period. So they, I don't know why they had to wait till till that moment. I, I mean, he's like well, six, he was six. like six. He was huge. He was huge. Yeah. He actually lived. This guy lived very close to where uh, where we lived for about ten years. Yeah, yeah he's from Massapequa. Yeah, he was the same age as or the same grade as Billy Baldwin. I think. Yeah. The Baldwin brothers. Yeah, anyway, you don't need any backstory on this guy. I'm sure you've read a ton about it. Tara's been reading about it for, you kind of stopped now, right? You're, you're kind of done with it, the story? Well, there hasn't been that much news out. I do check. Let's not descend uh, into into any more there. Yeah. Let's move on to the topic of today's, yes. today's episode, which is, again, 30-minute meals that you realistically can make. Because a lot of times you'll see on sites, it'll... It'll tell you, and and we really do pride ourselves on when we put times in in the recipe card, prep time, cook time. Sometimes a recipe will have resting time or say like for pizza, we'll have that overnight refrigerating time. We try to be really accurate about the timings. And I'm going to tell you right now, most of the timings online are wrong. And most of the reason is because 30 minutes is this magic number. Didn't they have a show called 30 Minute Meals? That was Rachel Ray's show. That was Rachel Ray's show. Yeah. So 30 minutes is this magic number. And we're going to get into it today. 30 minutes is a hard number. It's a hard thing to do most meals in 30 minutes. I think we wanted to to talk about this at this point because it is back to school season. And certainly folks, you know, without young kids in school, without you know, extended families, they also want 30 minute meals. But for us, ordering food during the week is often our easy button of choice because we are so busy. But I got to thinking like the time it takes for us to figure out what it is that we are even going to order. And then the time it takes to to pick it up or to, or to get it delivered or whatever. It's just that's more annoying. I'd rather just make something at home that I know what we're eating. I am getting so tired of ordering food. I am getting so tired of DoorDash, Uber Eats, and all those other horrible companies that are ruining America. They really are. They take so much money. I We're going to do a whole episode on this, so I'm just going to do a quick. The other day, Tara went to a Google Dolls concert with Sammy. The Google Dolls. Google Dolls. Google. Yeah, Not it- Google. <laughs> Oh my God. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> goo goo. It shows you what I know. The Google dolls. Yeah. Why would they call themselves the Google dolls? <laughs> anyway, the goo goo dolls, which you know, you're acting like, you're like, Jim, it's the goo goo dolls. Don't you know? Like, well, that's like, 
ridiculous too. If they had a different name, they would have been much more popular. Again, that's a tangent. <laughs> but what I will say is, I'm glad Tara went to Jones Beach. I saw a lot of my teacher friends that don't work during the summer, obviously. They were all there rocking out to Goo Goo Dolls. I ordered Thai with James. So James was all excited because our daughter Sammy is allergic to peanuts. So that means we never really order Thai food, Vietnamese food. Uh, even Indian food has a lot of peanuts in it, which maybe you're not aware of that. I wasn't really aware of it uh, until recently. And I think it depends on the, the the establishment if they use more or less. But anyway, like these three types of food are kind of, they're off the table when it's the four of us as a family. But we ordered right. Thai. I was going to get it. DoorDash, $62 worth of food for me and James, which is already a lot for two people. The DoorDash fee and everything, once I hit to get it, when I was going to get a delivery, it went up to $90. So I said, forget this. I called up the other place, which is better anyway. And this other place doesn't take credit cards. They don't have a website. They don't have any delivery. So I had to go there, pay with cash. And uh, I got all that food there for only $44. Because also DoorDash and Uber Eats and all them, they actually increase the price of the food too. Remember, the only the the delivery driver is only getting the tip that you give him or her. So that's like I'm all for, all for giving them a really good tip, but but that other thirty or forty dollars between raising prices and everything, that's DoorDash's fee, which is and or Uber Eats or whoever. They're all the same because I checked the other ones. That's nuts. What do you think about that, Tara? I agree, it's outrageous, but people don't want to leave their house they want to they want to like order friendlies or carvel and have it door dashed to them i don't know back in the day it used to just be like pizza and chinese that would have delivery now it's everything that's a good point so i think it's kind of speaks gives, to where we are yeah. as a nation or as a society but anyway i think we do we are going to spend more time yeah, we won't this, talk, in a full let's episode so let's anymore. not talk okay. about it here yeah. let's save it okay because I know we want to we want to have that conversation, yeah, no, maybe no, even with your brother, who's yeah. who's touches the food establishment. Yeah, no, and, and you're you're right. I mean, no, Carvel was never de- or no, they would never deliver. If you wanted so. ice cream, you had to get off. Yeah, <laughs> get off your butt. You had to get off your get fat it. butt to go get ice cream to make you fat. Yeah, now it's just very easy. You can order it, but you're going to spend sixty dollars to get your ice cream delivered to you. All right, let's go. Let's on. go on. Let's yeah. talk about let's talk about some of these thirty minute meals. So I have a few different categories here. I'm just gonna I'm gonna read them, and then you're gonna tell me what you can like what you can do. Let's do it. All right. Number one, fish. Fish anything. Okay, fish is actually one that is realistic for you to make in 30 minutes, for sure. When you go to your fish market, if you have a Whole Foods near you, or whoever, Wegmans, tell the person, say you're doing salmon, if you get, say this is for a family of four, you're gonna get one and a half pounds roughly, or two pounds, probably two pounds is better. Have him or her cut it into four equal size pieces. That's gonna save you some time right away. Wrap it up. You get it home. All you have to do, and this is, you're going to be able to do this in 30 minutes. You turn your oven to 375. It could be 400. Hey, guess what? It doesn't matter if you cook your fish at 350, 375, 400, or 425. It's all going to take a little bit different time, but your fish is going to come out delicious no matter how you do it. You could even broil your fish. So 
There's a lot of ways to do this, but let's just, for example, for reference, say you're gonna do your salmon at 400 degrees. Say you wanna put a little uh, oregano topping on there. You can make your little breadcrumb garlic parsley mixture. You can put it on there, or you can just like roast your fish just with a little bit of olive oil, salt, and pepper. It'll be delicious. While it's roasting, and it's only gonna take maximum about 20 minutes. Depending on where you have that heat, it might be 17 minutes. It might be up to, say, 22 minutes. Then while that's going, say you bought some broccoli in the store. Say you bought some broccoli florets that are already, you know, already done, prepped for you. You don't have to do any of the chopping. Mm -hmm. You just take a pan, a little bit of olive oil, garlic, you know, minced garlic or sliced garlic, get it a tiny bit golden, put your broccoli florets in there, tiny bit of water, turn that heat to about medium, maybe a touch more than medium, cover it. Let that broccoli steam, okay? You can put a little bit of water in there in the pan while it's happening. Lift up the pan. You can now use, turn the heat up a little bit more and evaporate all that water. Or if you have too much water, you can just drain a little bit of it, put a touch more oil, salt and pepper. You're done with your broccoli and your fish still has another eight minutes in the oven, which gives you time to set your table for your family. This is truly an under 30 minute meal. What if you wanted to add something like a little starchy to that? So rice won't work in that amount of time, even with the Instapot. Instapot, again, you guys know I don't like it. It's not It's not what it's cracked up to be. Even when you do white rice in there, you know this, you make rice in there all the time. How long does it take to get up to pressure? I don't know how long it takes to get up to pressure, but from start to finish, it's like 45 minutes. Yeah, so that's, that's past your 30. Now you could boil that rice, which you could probably do it quicker. Um, yeah, that, that's probably your best bet if you want to do the rice as quickly as possible. Yeah. There's also shortcuts you can take. Microwave the potato. Well, you could. I wasn't even thinking potatoes, though. You know, Trader Joe's has, like, those brown rice packets. That's right. That you can microwave. I mean, in a pinch, that's great, especially if you've got some broccoli and salmon and brown mm -hmm. rice. I mean, you're that's like... a perfect meal right there. Yeah, or you could just bring home a loaf of bread from the store and then you don't even have to worry about your potato or your rice. Yeah, the, the bread is good if you're making something like a cod piccata or something where you like wanna soak up that sauce. To be honest with you, we really should do more fish than, than we do, Tara. We should. It's so easy and it's so good. And when you make a meal like that, you feel good about what you're having. You feel good about serving that to your family. It's, it's a win-win. Next up is shrimp. So shrimp is truly an under 30 minute affair. Again, when I mean under 30, that means you have to, if say you're mostly gonna buy your shrimp frozen, the night before, make sure you put it in a colander, plate underneath, get it in your refrigerator so it will defrost. If you have to like speed defrost it, you're probably not gonna be able to do this in 30 minutes. Dishes like shrimp scampi or even different types of shrimp with pasta can all be done under 30 minutes. The shrimp with pasta will be tight to that hit that 30 minute mark, but any type of sauteed shrimp, you could do even do shrimp with sausage, but you know, we have a bunch of different recipes on the site, uh, shrimp arrabbiata, stuff like that. Yeah, that the lemon easily. garlic shrimp pasta, I feel like is really quick. The pasta though, they have to boil water, depending on how many BTUs they have, they have to wait for that. Yeah. So, you know, and this is again about being accurate on the under 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. A lot of these under 30 minute recipes you'll see on the internet, they assume you already have a pot of boiled water, which you don't, because you got to include that 
in from the, that's that's when you're starting mm-hmm. when you put the water up to boil unless you have a speed boiler so we have one of those electric kettles that we use to boil water for our our coffee if you were to use the water from that because that boils fast it doesn't boil that fast if that's filled up all the way and what it, that's not it's only like a quart and a half i believe yeah it's not that much so you need you need at least three quarts of water to boil pasta. Well, so what I was saying is for a shortcut though, like could you have, yeah. could you put some water in a pot, you know, I to do boil, try then it. add the boiling water from the kettle to I it? Mean, that's that's kind of the thing. So we're just being honest here about timings. That will be something. But I still think if you're really quick and you have that water up to boil and say it takes 10 minutes, you still have 20 minutes. Your pasta is only going to take, depending on the shape, is going to take anywhere from like nine to 12 minutes to cook to uh, al dente. So speaking of pasta, we'll move on from shrimp. There's a few different pantry pastas, as I call them, that you can make in under 30 minutes. So the first one that comes to mind is an aglio olio. Yeah, so that one, I mean, yeah, that's a pantry pasta because you're taking pasta from the pantry. And but you are taking your fresh garlic and you know your olive oil. Uh, really, really simple. That's that's a hundred percent an under thirty minute dish. Really easy to make. Just you, you know you could get fancy and you know flip your pan a lot to try to uh, increase the emulsification, but not necessary. It's delicious even if it's very liquidy. Mm-hmm. Like if it's soupy, it's still delicious. Yeah. Yeah. What about marinara? So marinara absolutely can be done in that amount of time. Again, it's just about getting that garlic. If you're doing these meals, whatever is the thing that's the most difficult for you to do, that's what you should do first. So if you're not that skilled with chopping garlic, you know, getting the garlic out out of the uh, you know out of the skin and stuff like that, you know, because you know you know what it is, Tara. For some people, that might take them ten minutes alone to do that. What do you think about buying the garlic cloves in the store? Not the stuff that's in the jar, but not the jar, but, but the, like the whole peeled, the whole cloves. peeled cloves. I've never used them. They're not bad. They're I've probably u- not bad. Them. Probably good in a pinch. Do they have those at Costco? I feel like they do. They sell them in a container at Costco. I know stores sell their own version where I think that like the workers in the store are doing it in the back. The ones mm-hmm. I've had better luck with were those ones in the store. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it like fancy restaurants. When you peek in the back, they have those big bowls of garlic. Yeah. I mean, now maybe they had their worker do it, but they might just be using them too from a restaurant supply store. So you don't need garlic for Alfredo or Cacio Pepe. So would those be, could you do those in under 30 minutes? Absolutely. Cacio Pepe and Alfredo, both of them are, are extremely simple. You will have, so for Cacio Pepe, the sauce, you just, while your pasta is boiling and when you make it, you know, if you want to do this, you want to make it like right and have a good, good Cacio Pepe. First step is you got to have your family sitting around the table, kind of like waiting because it will turn the glue really quickly, but you want to use very minimal amount of pasta water. So that's going to speed up the process because you're not going to be waiting as long for the water to boil. Yeah. You want to do the same thing with Alfredo too. Yeah. So when you do cook these type, say you're doing like linguine for Cacio Pepe and for Alfredo, you're going to have to really stir that pasta because it's going to have a big tendency to stick, but you're going to get that really starchy pasta water. And in Cacio Pepe's case, you can grate your cheese. You really want to grate it like super on a super fine part of the box grater. You want it to be like powdery. And then you're going to mix it with that pasta water. You really need to take that pasta water kind of out of the pot, let it cool for a bit, 
maybe even mix, like get an ice cube or two in there to bring it down because it's all about that temperature. If it's boiling and it hits the cheese, it's all gonna clump on you. Yet you don't want it to be ice cold when you're making it. Mm -hmm. So it's that's the balancing act. Cacio Pepe is by far the harder one of the two. Now, Alfredo, on the other hand, is just simply butter, which is helping you emulsify. Then you have your pasta water and the cheese, and then you don't get the clumping. Mm -hmm. So that's all Alfredo is, is just butter, Parmesan cheese. It's supposed to be like not a heavily aged Parm Parmigiano Reggiano cheese. It's supposed mm -hmm. to be like only like an 18 month. And pasta water. And that's it. You know, traditionally for, for Alfredo, you would use an egg pasta, like a fettuccine, like a fettuccine mm -hmm. egg noodle that you would make yourself from scratch. But you're not doing that if you're doing a 30-minute meal. So no. You're going to be using, and you can buy good egg noodle pasta in the store for this. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Like that means not not the DiCecco or whatever whatever your other favorite 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 brand is that, serve, that sells a semolina pasta. Because all the semolina pasta is, is just the semolina and water. And it's like, it's extruded through through the machines and it's dry too, it's very hard. And that gives you the regular traditional dried pasta. Traditionally for Alfredo, you would be using an egg noodle pasta that would be made from scratch. So DiCecco does sell an egg fettuccine. That's right, mm -hmm. that's right. But it's it's dried. Yeah, and they sell it. It comes in like eight, eight and a half or nine ounce bags. It's like a box almost that it comes in, mm -hmm. and that's uh, and they're very thin, so that's why it comes that way. And that's that would be perfect. Yeah. yeah. So similar to Alfredo is pasta al limone, also a contender for thirty minutes, right? Or is that? Yeah, definitely. And so pasta al limone um, is the same thing as Alfredo. Just proportions are a little different. You're adding lemon juice to it. Some people will add lemon zest to it. It's essentially the same recipe though, because you're still using Parmesan cheese mm -hmm. and butter. Very, very easy to make too. So yeah. if you like one more than the other, you, if you don't like lemon, then don't do that. But mm -hmm. but just as quick. What about linguine with canned clams? Obviously not fresh ones, because that's going to take longer than than thirty minutes. Yeah, canned clams is a great idea. That is, uh, that's a hundred percent in that thirty minute camp too. I really mm -hmm. like the idea of that one. And to do that one quick, you know, the clams that you buy, those canned clams, they're already cooked, so they're not. You don't have to cook them. Mm -hmm. They're like pressure canned, so they are already ready to go. And then similar, also using canned seafood is the pasta with tuna. Pasta uh, al tono. Mm -hmm. You prefer the red one better, right? The red one was so good. I like the white one too, but the red one, I don't know. There was just something about it. Maybe it was even the quality of the tuna that you used that was really good. Yeah, I mean, I, for both of them, I recommend you splurge a little bit on the tuna. Don't use like the albacore and water. Make sure you're using the yellowfin in packed in oil. Mm -hmm. And those can range from anywhere from about three to $10 a can. Uh, they can be even higher than that. Yeah. But Costco sells in the they're kind of the gold cans. Yeah, I think Genoa is Genoa the Genoa is the name. I think. Yeah. And they sell like a six pack of it for, for $10. So yeah. that's a great deal because you can, you'll have enough for three full meals mm -hmm. with that pack. Yeah. But then if you go to an Italian uh, specialty store, you can end up spending 20 bucks on one jar yeah. of the tuna. So you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Though it'll always be DoorDash and Uber Eats. That's right. I, I mean, it's not even close. That's right. I know you value your time too, though. So you'll say, Jim, well, my time is worth X amount per, per hour. I get that. I totally get that. But you're also controlling the food you eat and what you put into it, mm -hmm. which is hard to put a value on. One of my favorite 
30-minute pastas is pesto. Why don't you talk about this one, how yeah. easy it is? Yeah. I mean, pesto, if you if you have all the ingredients, if you have you, all you really need are basil, olive oil, pine nuts, Parmigiano-Reggiano, pecorino. Am I missing one? Garlic, right? Yeah, you're hitting it. I mean, then you can do different versions of yeah. pesto. Yeah. I mean, you throw it together in the food processor while your water is coming up to boil, and then it's it's done. There's no cooking of pesto sauce. Yeah, super easy. The only cooking time it gets is whatever time it spends on the pasta. But you can also make pesto way longer than 30 minutes. You can take out your mortar and pestle and try to do it. You can. Then you can then you could be do, taking an hour to make pesto. Well, pesto is a great thing to also pop in the freezer. You can make a whole bunch of it, put half of it in the freezer, and then whenever you want even shorter, like a 15-minute meal, the time it takes you to boil and make your pasta, you just throw the the pesto on top of it. For sure. I, I it, Pesto is just an amazing, and there's so many different ones you can do. You could do a walnut pesto. You could do pesto trapanese. We have all these on uh, on the site. Uh, you could do a sun-dried tomato pesto, a hazelnut pesto. The, you can do pistachio pesto. I, there's, there's so many that you can do. Most of what we talked about just now are pastas, with the exception of the canned clams and the tuna. They're kind of on the lighter side, meaning there's not as much protein. Yeah. So the pastas that have a little bit more to them, like the pasta with peas or pasta fazool or pasta ceci, right? Which is pasta with chickpeas. Can those be done in 30 minutes or do those take a little bit longer? They can. And I would say those three probably better chance than say like pasta patate. That would mm-hmm. that one would be longer than 30. I mean, there is a way to do that one faster. You can like parboil your potatoes. That's that's pasta with potatoes. The same thing with pasta uh lentiki. lentiki. Is that lentiki? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Lentils. Yeah. So pasta pasta e, e lentiki, which is not to be confused with lentil soup. So pasta uh lentiki is a is a dry pasta. It's often done with like a broken spaghetti, very much on the dry side. I, I really love it. It's not too popular of a dish in America. The people, when they think of lentils, like when they think of Italian lentil, they just think of the soup mm-hmm. for the most part. And yeah. then some of them would put a little bit of the macaroni in there, like elbow macaroni, yes. but it would still be soupy. But forget about those two, the lentiki and, and the patat. But then the other three, pasti ceci, I'm going to say, is probably going to take too long as well, because the pasti ceci, the one that we have, you do a sofrito for, uh, first. And that sofrito is going to take a solid 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So you're probably better off just jumping right into uh, pasta bazool or pasta pizzelli. And to make a shortcut, I guess, for pasta fazool, you would use canned cannellini beans. Absolutely. I, you know, it's canned cannellini beans, they get a bad rap. Rap, uh, rep, is it rep or rap? Rap. They get a bad rap. They get a bad rap again from the Reddit crowd, which is the know it all crowd. They know everything. They're like 19 and they know more than you about everything. I sound like my dad because when I used to tell him stuff when I was 19, he said, Jim, you don't know what, you don't know anything. They're all on Reddit and they're all talking about nonstop about the virtues of dried beans. And if you use canned beans, you're the worst person in the world and you're going to hell. Well, I'm telling you, canned beans do have their uses. And in this particular instance, you are you are not doing a 30 minute meal with dried beans. No. Okay. Definitely Even not. if you say, Jim, I use my I, my Instapot because I love my Instapot. Guess what? Instapot's going to have to get up to pressure still, and it won't be able to do it in time either. What if you soak your beans overnight and Even, then and then do them? So that's definitely doable. But remember, then you got to remember to do that. So 
And normally when I soak the beans, I, I still have better luck by boiling them first. You mm -hmm. wanna boil them for about five minutes, then you lower the heat. I like to just turn off the heat. I put the cover on and I just let it go overnight. Yeah. Then the next day you dump your water and they should be tender enough for you to use in recipes. But dried beans are, you know, they're a crapshoot. Sometimes you do them, you do them just like that and they're still hard as a rock because often the dried beans you're buying are bad. They're already bad because nobody buys them. And they sit in the store for like six years waiting for you to buy them. They are more economical though than the cans. Yeah, but the price has come in line. So a few years ago, you know, I remember you could buy a, a bag of dried beans for 89 cents in the store. And then a can would be 69 cents on sale to like 99 cents. Now they might be more than that. But now what I've been noticing is the bags are over $2. Mm. And the cans still sometimes, you know, like I yeah. stop and shop will still have six, you know, six cans for $5. That's true. So and just so you know, reference wise, one pound of dried beans is gonna equal roughly like three and a half cans. And you know, the, the companies have gotten wiser to everything. It used to be a 16 ounce can, then it was a 15 ounce can. Now it's like a 14.2 ounce can. And by the time you listen to this, it'll probably be a 13.1 ounce can. So like they keep lying about the size of everything. That's called shrinkflation. Okay. The price goes up and the size of it shrinks. Okay. Yeah. You're making me think of a Seinfeld episode. Uh, let's not go there. Um, okay. So let's move on to to soup. And you know we're already talking about legumes, right? Lentils, white beans. Can you do lentil soup? Can you do like a Tuscan white bean soup in 30 minutes? Is that possible? Lentil soup will be tough. It'll be about. It'll be right about. I mean, and I think you should add this one to your list, even if it is over 30. Lentil soup probably will be more towards 35 or 40. It depends what type of lentils you're using. If depending on, I believe, and you know, don't quote me on this because you know I don't have anything in front of me when I'm making these guys. Like it's like it's just all right here. It's all in here. It's uh, a scary place to be. I don't know if it's the brown or the green that take longer, but they both take both of those take longer, I believe, than the red or the yellow. Now you're not going to use the red or the yellow in an Italian lentil soup. Right, that would be yeah. more for like a mulligatawny or something like that. Yeah, so I mean, as far as which one, the green or the or the brown, I normally just use the brown, uh, but sometimes I'll use the green. One of them's more peppery than the other. They take, uh, it's hard to give an exact amount. They're done when they're done, that's the thing. You just I, gotta taste it. I find, because lentil soup is one of the things that I make on repeat once the kids go back to school. I make it like once a week because it's easy. And of course everybody gets tired of it, but I don't care because it's healthy and it's easy. I find it's usually done from start to finish within 45 minutes. Yeah, that sounds right. And the reason I like it and the reason I would argue to put it on your repeat list is because you're not doing hands-on stuff for 45 minutes. You're kind of like chopping your, your onion, your carrot, your celery, getting that all in the pan. Once that's ready, you're throwing your lentils in, you're throwing in the water or the vegetable stock or the chicken stock or whatever it is that you're doing, tomatoes, and then you're just letting it simmer. So you're really not doing much. Yeah, well, I mean, so you're 100% correct, but it's if you're gonna go down that route and you wanna talk about recipes that are past 30 that you're not doing much, well then you gotta add split pea soup because that's even less you're doing than lentil soup. Split pea, you're just throwing in the peas. That's true. You're throwing in the water, you're throwing in a ham hock, and you know you do a little bit of 
you can do a little bit of like a sofrito if you want, but it's even simpler. Yeah. And then, yeah, the Tuscan bean soup is 100% a part of that. But if you do do the Tuscan bean soup, in the video I used bag beans. Mm -hmm. And I had a problem even in the video. You can even see it. So I had to cook it longer than I wanted to. You know, if you use canned beans, the Tuscan bean soup will be quicker than all of these soups we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. Did I use pancetta in that or not? I believe you did. I did, but you don't have to do that. If you want to make it vegetarian, just yeah. omit that. Yeah. And just use, just use uh, extra virgin olive oil. Yeah. And that's a great one. I love that one. Delicious. Yeah. What about the zucchini soup? Your grandma's zucchini soup. Zucchini, you can eat raw. So yes. that probably could make that. You don't have to go crazy with that one at all. Yeah, zucchini, Tara's right. Zucchini is a vegetable that is easily eaten raw, uh, digestible, all that. Yeah, I so, love it raw. Like yeah. it's part of a crudite. Yep. It's so good. Up next, something I love, something the kids love, potato frittata. Yes, that can that definitely fits. So you just have to dice your potatoes you fast. You have to dice the potatoes. Shortcut that I would recommend doing, and I've done this several times, is when we've had like a roasted potatoes for dinner one night and we have leftover potatoes. Oh, yeah. You just take those leftover potatoes and you mix them with the egg and 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 it's less than yeah, 30 minutes. Yeah, and your cheese and everything. That's a great yeah. idea. And a potato frittata is it's so good for for a simple dinner. You can have it with a salad or just you can it, you can throw it together so easily and it's very very low effort and Definitely. if you have leftovers then you just grab a slice of it for breakfast the next morning or for lunch or whatever you know what my favorite type of frittata is to put the goat cheese in it like we did that we have that with a sweet potato that's done frittata. with sweet potato and honestly i'm not the biggest fan of sweet potatoes but in that instance it really works i yeah. think there's spinach in there's that spinach. one too yep so good, delicious. You should make it. You really should. Yeah, that's a good one. I, as far as breakfast for dinners, I think that's all I had because I feel like French toast or well, they, but they could just do regular eggs. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you could just that's always an option. Yeah. You could have, you could open a box of cereal. Well, they could do really nice <laughs> sandwiches. Like in, I want bacon's going to take you too long, but you could do a ham, egg, and cheese sandwich. Yeah, which is which which is quick. I love the grilled ham. You do a little grilled ham, then you just pull that off to the side in that same pan put a little bit of fat in there, butter, olive oil, whatever, do your egg, put the cheese on, splash of water, cover, melted, put that right on with the ham on your roll or bread of choice. Mm -hmm. Really, really quick. One more thing, this is not breakfast for dinner, but it's roasted vegetables. May take around 20 to 25 minutes, depending on what you're, you're making. But the reason why I would group them in with a 30 minute meal. If you make a giant batch of them, you can eat them the whole rest of the week as a side dish to any of these things that we just mentioned, right? Like roasted Brussels sprouts, roasted carrots, roasted yeah. broccoli, roasted cauliflower. There's a lot of creators, you know, cooking people that do meal prep. And we mm -hmm. don't we don't do any meal prep, but that's kind of getting into meal prep and it is. and I meaning we do meal prep for ourselves, but we don't we don't have like meal prep. Our site isn't geared towards meal preppers. No. But yeah, what Tara's saying is really doable. You can roast a ton of vegetables earlier in the week. And if you really want to get good meal prepping, which I don't know, I don't look at meal prepping sites or anything, so I'm not really sure what people are doing on there. Chicken, just in a George Foreman or a more industrial sized one, you could do five, six, seven pounds of chicken in the beginning of the week. And then you can then use that with those roasted vegetables on one night. You can do a Caesar salad another night with some of the chicken. You can make a really nice chicken sandwich on one night. I mean, the possibilities are endless and it's really healthy if you just doing the grilled chicken like that and the roasted vegetables. 
But chicken in general is kind of hard to do in 30 minutes. So the chicken itself, that's for meal prepping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why we don't really have any chicken recipes here because I wanted to be honest with you. And I don't, I think it's very disingenuous for me to tell you that you're gonna be able to do most, if not any of our chicken recipes in 30 minutes. I don't think it's gonna happen unless you're extremely skilled in the kitchen. The more likely scenario what's gonna happen when you try to cook a chicken dish in that period of time, you're gonna mess something up, you're gonna contaminate something because you're gonna get that chicken home from the store, you're gonna try to open that package, you're gonna be rushing, the goo is gonna go all over, you're gonna be like, should I wash it? Jim said I don't have to anymore, let me dry it off, let me put my seasoning on, I'm gonna try to get a sear, oh, my pan isn't the correct temperature. Oh, well, I'm, I'm not gonna listen to Jim, I'm gonna listen to that, that blogger that told me I could just throw everything on a sheet and do a sheet pan recipe. It's hard to do it in 30 minutes and you can't mess it up, like you can't, cook, eat the chicken at 130 degrees. You kind of have to be more involved with that process. Like mm -hmm. if you do do a sheet pan recipe, I think it's a little optimistic for me for me to tell people to do these recipes in 30 minutes, the chicken recipes. I agree, I agree. Yeah. We And we do have a few, what we consider sheet pan, you know, like the sausage and potatoes or even the baked chicken and potatoes, but those are not- And that's a whole, those yeah, are that's not a whole to, chicken. Yeah, those yeah. are not to be done in 30 minutes. It's an easy dish. I mean, the, the baked chicken and potatoes is a delicious, easy dish for you to make. And in the video, I broke down a whole chicken and I did it how, you know, how my grandmother would do it, how my mother still still does it to this day. You can just buy the pieces. You can get it home, you can dry them off. You really wanna dry off any chicken you get extremely well to give it just a chance to get a little bit of color on it when it's in the oven. That with the potatoes, that's, that's gonna be an hour for you to do it. If not more, prepping the initial like slurry of onions and parsley and cheese, it's so good. It's 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 always a hit. Everybody loves that one. So if you got if you have an hour, make it. Okay. So we're going to do a new segment each week. This week we're going to tell you what happened the previous week and what's coming up this week, the the week that you're watching it. But in the future it's always going to be this way, showing you what's coming up on the week. Each week we put up two or three recipes on our website for you. We also put up a long form YouTube video every Thursday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for you. So that's what we do each week. And we wanna be able to tell you what you can expect for the week. And what is it, Tara? What what happened this week and what's happening next week? Okay, what happened last week was we did the Ratatouille video that went up on YouTube. And then we also published the Baba Ganoush recipe, which is not Italian, Mediterranean, and the peach blueberry crumble recipe that actually our daughter, Sammy, worked on. It was kind of her summer project. She did the whole thing from start to finish with some help from the both of us. <laughs> yeah, so the crumble the crumble was great. Sammy got to do it. That's a that's a good one. It's an easy one. It's a if you're into desserts like that, definitely make it. The ratatouille, which was the YouTube video, is a great one. If you do have a garden now, or if you're going to farmers markets, and it's vegetarian and really easy to make and delicious, everybody loved that one. And the baba ganoush might cause you a little bit of difficulty uh, if you don't know what you're doing with eggplant and how to cook it until it's done. But don't be too intimidated. It's well worth it. It is super delicious. And uh, yeah, Tara's right. That's not an Italian recipe, but who cares? You know, we do. We're we have plenty of non Italian recipes yeah. on on the website as well. Yeah, for sure. The video that will be coming up this week will be the New York Deli coleslaw, and then on the blog we'll have a baked eggplant pasta and 
pasta al tono, which is the tuna pasta with red sauce. That's the one that we were just speaking about. It's delicious. It's like, think about it as like kind of like puttanesca with the tuna. If you're into those type of flavors, you're going to absolutely love it. Um, the video is the New York coleslaw. It's an appropriate time to release this one because we're moving into Labor Day when everybody's going to want to have coleslaw for their barbecues. Finally, the baked eggplant pasta. We've had that video out for probably three years on YouTube. Great one. I just never put it on print form for you. So I wanted to get that one taken care of too. We're trying to tie up all the loose ends on the summer content because the summer is, yeah, unfortunately is, is kind of moving towards an end. That's so sad. Yeah. Bring on the pumpkin spice, yep. just not on August 1st. Yeah. So let's get into the questions. All right. Jim, Kathleen wants to know, what is the make and brand of the portable burner that you use in your videos? And what safety precautions do you take when using it? Well, thanks for the question, Kathleen. We get more questions about this item than any other question. I am not exaggerating. There's been over 2,000 comments about this burner since when we started YouTube because I've been using this burner since I've started YouTube, which is four years ago now. And for the most part, I didn't really tell people what it was because I don't really want people getting in trouble with it. And it's not that the burner is not rated for indoors. It is, in fact, rated for indoor use. It's made by Iwatani. They make a bunch of these. You don't need an Iwatani, though. You can use a Coleman or a few other brands. You'll see them all on Amazon if you just search for butane burners. Now, again, you're supposed to have venting for gas burners, for carbon monoxide and you know a couple other contaminants. Everybody should have venting above their, say you have a regular stove that is uh, natural gas, that's fed with natural gas or propane. You should have an exhaust vent there as well. It's the same exact situation. Realistically, most people aren't cooking with a vent. Even if you do have a vent in your home, you might have a very inefficient vent with very low CFMs. Maybe it only has 130 CFMs, kind of like the one that people often put a microwave above their, above their stove, which is not a good thing to do is they have very low CFMs. But anyway, what those vents do is it pulls the carbon monoxide and it pulls the smell and the grease out the side of your house or through your roof if you have it vented that way. Why don't you tell people why you use the burner? Because that's a, yes. like a lot of people are like, I don't understand. Why do you use that if you have a stove? So Kathleen, that's the thing. That's why I don't recommend this. This is meant for me to make videos 100% for videos and you'll watch, you can see other YouTubers. I think I saw Sam the Cooking Guy using one in, in a video from about a year ago. And I know my mom goes to see this this guy cook at the local library and do ex, like expos at the library uh, for all the retirees. And he brings one of those burners there or multiples. They're meant for that. Like you go to food shows, you'll see all different chefs making food with those burners. So the reason I use it is because it allows me to then do a hosted cooking show where I'm talking to you versus if I was to put a camera, even if I had proper lighting, which I don't on my stove that's in the corner of the kitchen, you would see my back, you wouldn't see me. So I like to be more personable and do kind of that old school Food Network hosted cooking show. Now, ideally, if I, you know, if I could redesign the kitchen, which I can't because the studio kitchen we're in right now is very small. It's not possible to do this. But if I had the room, I would put a four burner setup actually into the island. You can actually see Jacques Pepin in his house 
where he films, where some of the videos were like the older videos he made, like the newer videos when he's when he when he's older, that is in his house and that's on a four a four burner setup. That's what I would want. Yeah. So that's why I do it, Kathleen. I don't recommend you buy one. They're inefficient. You only get about sixty to seventy minutes uh, out of one canister of fuel. They take canisters of butane. It's a lot of money. It's maybe not the best for the environment. There's a whole host of reasons not to use it. I use it so I can make cooking videos for you. That's why I use it. I, I hope I answered this question uh, adequately. I think you did. And then one one other part to that question was when you, you often talk about the heat level and you'll say, oh, this should be a four out of 10 or six out of 10. But Kathleen was trying to find uh, a cooking surface that had a dial that referenced those numbers and yours doesn't. You're just kind of giving an estimate. Do you want to elaborate on that? Kathleen, no no burner will ever have numbers like that. I, I'm sorry for be, maybe introducing a little ambiguity here. My intention is to make it less so. So basically, if we look at a dial medium, which will be dead, that dash will be dead center, the center of the dial, that is a level five. So if you were to technically go to a level four, you would be going backwards one third before you hit like, level two and a half, if that makes sense. So it's basically, think of it from zero to 10, five being medium. So when you hit six, you're higher than medium, but you're not medium high yet. That's what I tried to do. I'm sorry for if I introduced uh, more confusion. That's not my intention. Next question is from Mary in Texas. Mary wants to know your thoughts on oven ready lasagna pasta. So the no bake lasagna, do you use it? What are your thoughts on it? Is it good? So Mary, I've used it a few times. I think they're great. I, I'm not an expert on this subject. I just don't make that much lasagna. I it's I think as a home cook, well, I think often what'll happen is most people will make lasagna for maybe two meals of the year. I don't think it's as common. So I'm not making a lot of lasagna, but I, everything I've heard about them, and I, I think the last time I used it was like 10 years ago. And I think it went. I think it worked out fine. Now I don't know which brands make it. I'm not sure if it's a Barilla product or I don't know if the Checo has their own product. I'm, I'm not positive. I know the sheets are thinner, I believe, because they can't be that thick because they wouldn't be able to uh, cook to, in time. Right. Yeah. Should we do a video? I mean, on we this? should really be doing a video on making fresh lasagna uh, noodles. Yeah. You know, like reg like, like fresh pasta. Yeah. I'm just wondering if we should if we should do a test video on the the no bake. We should. I mean, but yeah, everything I've heard about them is that they're good. Lastly, this question comes from Jeffrey in South Florida. Jeffrey's a former Long Islander. He wants to know if we bag our own groceries or are we in a constant battle with less than adequate baggers like he is. So Jeffrey explained that there's an art and a science to bagging that his mom kind of walked him through when he was younger. He tries to send, I guess, subliminal messages to the person at the grocery store doing the bagging. So he'll, you know, kind of group everything together. So all the cold items go together, the frozen things go together, the heavy things and light things, everything's kind of like paired and then he'll save the eggs and the bread to the very end. Well, that sounds like a good way it, to do it. It does, but what Jeffrey had shared is the folks at the grocery store that are doing the bagging for him, even though he tries hard to group everything, it still gets screwed up. So now he just tells them that he wants to bag everything 
himself, which the folks that I guess are doing the bagging where he lives take offense to that. So he wanted to know what our experience is here. And I'm going to, I'm going to answer. I was this. just going to say Tara needs to answer yeah, I'm this I'm going to answer this because Jim hasn't set foot in a grocery store. I have. Okay. But I'm I don't, your personal shopper. Not, Tara does, Tara does 99% of the grocery shopping. 99.99. Yeah. So Tara, <laughs> go on. Okay. So nobody here bags in the grocery stores anymore. I mean, I'm sometimes asked, would you like me to help you bag? And I usually just say, no, it's okay. I've got it. I don't know when that phenomenon started. I mean, I don't know if it was within the past, you know, if it's like pandemic related or if it was before that. I honestly can't remember, but I've been doing my own bagging for a while. And Jeffrey, I do appreciate the art and science that goes into it. And I do the same thing as you. I When I put everything up on the conveyor belt for the cashier to ring up, I do group everything in a certain way. That way I know when I bag it myself and when I get home, my life is going to be a little bit easier. The other thing is that if there is a self-checkout, I mean, that's I make a beeline for the self-checkout. I don't really want the cashier to ring me up. It's easier for me sometimes to just do it myself because I can keep things more organized. Anyway, so when I do get home, what is the other thing that I do with all the grocery bags to make my life even more efficient? Save them? No. I. How many bags do, do I ever make more than one trip into the house with No, bags? it drives me crazy that you do that. She she thinks she's superwoman and she will grab like five, she'll have five bags per hand. And I'm just like, what's the rush here? You know, we can do two trips. No, it's efficiency. If I can carry four bags on each arm and bring it into the house in one trip, that's what I'm going to do. There is one place that does do the packing for you. Do you know what Costco. it is? Yes, Costco. Mm-hmm. Costco is the only place here that I know of that does it. I liken their method of packing the cart to being like a good Tetris player. Yeah, they have no empty They're space. They're good at getting everything into your yep. cart, but you still have to take everything out of your cart and put it into your car and then take it out of your car again and bring it into the house. So that's great that they pack up your cart, but you still have to Yeah. You still have to figure things out yourself. I think a lot of people, Jeffrey, have just moved to the delivery services for food, which we spoke about, I think, in last episode. And I don't know how much longer we have before they're you don't even have the ability to go to a supermarket anymore. It's, I don't know, maybe a little sad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to be know. optimistic and think we can continue to do our own grocery shopping. I mentioned in the last one, Whole Foods, at any time I've gone in there, there are more people shopping for customers than there are actual customers. It's interesting. And I, I also feel like some of those those shoppers mistreat the customers that are there in the store. Yeah. Well, they don't care. I mean, they're... They, you know, like, Another discussion. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to wrap this one up. We appreciate you listening and leave your questions, comments to podcast at sipandfeast.com. We'll see you next time.